0: So much for speaking with me about your the new project, um, East of the Rockies. And I had mentioned to Kelly outside. I actually read your book Obasan when I first moved to Canada because I actually had to go to do my high school diploma here because I'm originally from Barbados and. Obasan was actually our pick for um, our English literature course. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. What year was that? Um, I moved here in 2009, so that was 2010. Wow, so, good. Yeah, so I moved here originally from Barbados. And I, I was familiar with the story of Japanese internment for both Canadian and American citizens, but I didn't know anything of a personal experience, so I know the book Obasan is fictional. But I so but it did give me a deeper insight. And now for East of the Rockies, this project is is I guess a bit more personal because your descendant. Your granddaughter is narrating it, and I think that that has to be extremely special for you. It is. Yeah, it's exciting. It is. Um. So for this one, it's about the it's about when the Japanese Canadians were interned in the internment camps in in Alberta, right? And no, in in uh, British mountains of BC, the mountains of British Columbia and um, what was your process in going through this because writing fiction and then there's and then this one is interactive it's not like a book it's visual it's a visual it's visual storytelling how was the process different for you with creating this this project and then writing a book
1: well the book um, writing a a novel Mm -hmm. it's like um, the difference between Um, a bushfire, which would be what a poem would be, and a swamp fire, which is what a long writing thing would be. And the AR work was sort of like a combination of both these things. You know, the the flame is instant, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't have the connection to it to make it this long swamp fire thing. In the novel, the novel was based on my life. I bookended it on the prairies you know, it began on the prairies, it ended on the prairies, and it went from Vancouver to Slocan to southern Alberta. So, East to the Rockies um, went rather immediately into the camps with just a tiny little flashback about what their life in Vancouver might have been. And the protagonist is just a bit older than the narrator of Busan, mm-hmm. who was a child. This person's almost an adult and um, so I had to imagine what that was, what that was like, what kind of information she would have had, what her life would have been like. Um, so the work of East of the Rock is, was less autobiographical, mm-hmm. except that it, it had the essential geographical elements of being in Vancouver, essentially, with although not particularly in the story, then being in Slocan, which is the camp that I was in and knew. And then going to Southern Alberta, to the tremendous hardship that was there, and that experience, and then ending up in the third section um, with and the granddaughter trying to find out more about her grandmother, and so on. And. They were very, very different processes, one in which I was solitary with all the time in the world, um, and just needing the pencil and some paper I found in the garbage. <laughs> and, um, and that's all I did, was work with my pencil and my thoughts and nothing else. In writing this, of uh, the uh, East of the Rockies, there was, um, you know, it was as if I had tendrils all over the place, I had connections, to other aspects of how the story gets told. So it was very limiting. I did not have the freedom to write and rewrite and re re and rethink and put in and change. I didn't have that freedom. If it was down there, it had to be there. And then that was an immediate limitation to what I could do. But um, it's also, um, whatever flaws there are in the story, could be uh, attended to by the other aspects of it, Um, the structuring, the cartoon drawings, the acting, the sound, all of this, you know, but which I have no real connection. Mm. I wish in some ways that I did because I would have said, oh, that's not accurate or something like that, you know, or that's not authentic or something. I, I was not part of that process so I have to accept the flaws mm. and there are flaws but it still tells the story so I'm pleased with that and I'm amazed actually that it comes and it arrives and then it is there and then people experience it. And no matter what people experience of anything that you write, it's their own experience that they bring to it. So it's different anyway. So I, I, I can live with all the flawedness of the accuracy. One wants to be accurate. But I think what is more accurate than the physical or geographical or the factual is, is the, the moral accuracy of right. who you are, how you see life, and what you intend. And that's not necessarily conscious. But I think some of that came through in East of the Rockies. I think what helps a person survive in their horrible times, and we are in horrible times today, with tremendous suffering out there and dread and fear. What helps a person survive morally, I think, is what is our moral background, is questioning what that is what are we here for? What do we do that makes any difference to anybody? And I think that we have these questions to to answer. So in, um, in East of the Rockies, I wanted to talk about Grace Tucker, who was a person who stood with us, and to remember the strength that comes to you when people stand with you. And I think that's what we need to do with the migrants who are drowning, with the insects that are disappearing. I think we have to stand with the planet and we have to get away from our great denial and our blind spots and our inability to see what's happening or our refusal to see what's happening in the world and I don't know if this is going to help
0: them. No, no, I think it will help because um, one of the things about um, the internment camps is because this is something that was done in the 1940s but now we're seeing it coming back again and we can't deny the fact that it's happening in America at this point in time but um the thing is is like we always think that history keeps repeating itself and humans we never seem to learn. And we all we, we, we always say with with time comes advancement, but then it also seems that we regress it so much and we, we still say the same when it comes to certain things. Our technology may be advancing, but who we are as a I guess humanity morally doesn't seem to be progressing much and and I think like for East of the Rockies I, I think it's interesting to do now because there is a lot of um I guess you could say a lot of denial, As we mentioned, denial about history in certain aspects. Because one thing about coming from the Caribbean and moving here is, like, we all we always knew about like the residential schools for the First Nations and what was happening. And but we didn't. We learned, and I learned about the Japanese internment camps. I learned about that in secondary school back in Barbados. But then there's a lot of people that live here, grew up here, and they didn't know about it. And I remember when I was doing my my high school diploma here, my teacher asked, "Oh, do you guys know what's about?" And I was the only person who put up my hand and I was like really seriously and I'm like "But you guys are Canadian how do you not know this right and and I think it's like there's certain aspects of history that do that needs to be kept alive especially these kind of stories because we need to keep saying we can't sit by and watch it happen and we have to like um, we do have a more responsibility to do what we can, and even some people might say this is just it's a game. But I'm like, it's a I think it's an interactive tool. And um, my first instinct when watching, I'm like, this would be great in school. This would be a great learning tool for students in school because there are some students <coughs> who have difficulty reading, and they might not want to read a history book, but they do love playing a, they do love playing video games, and this would be a great teaching tool.
1: Right. I I think the um the real teacher. Uh, of anybody is what we experience ourselves. And one of the optimistic things I can say about a time that is so full of suffering as this time is, that it is that suffering itself that we should welcome because our moral stature will grow with it. We will either be destroyed by it, we will become crazy by that, and we will become vengeful, or something else can develop. And I think that that is the hope is that out of grief, suffering, will come great love. Yeah. And uh, so I could welcome all of this. And this is, as you say, it's a little tiny story, um, you know, told in cartoons and so on. Will that affect people? I think if uh, when, when children read things and experience things through it, Um, I can remember the kind of books that I read that filled me up, you know, it was stories talking about how much people love each other, Mm -hmm. and um, so I could have wished that there had been more of that in here, it just sort of gave the bare bones of Mm. what happened a little bit here, a little bit there. So there could have been more emotion, but anyway, it is what it is, flawed and all that it's adequate
0: mm, yeah it. <clears throat> okay So thank you so much that's, i think that's it that's all we have for today thank you so much for speaking with me i really enjoyed it and i do hope more people get to see the project and learn more about what what happened and what's happening and they can take it and share it with other people great thank you so much for, thank you, thank you.